All right. Welcome to Rude Issues. We are back. I'm back. Steve's been here, but I've been out on vacation, and Steve's been running around doing weddings and everything, and so we're just Yeah, gonna, but I also just couldn't figure out how to run the, that The thing. tech was a little, <laughs> little complicated, so let's just start this as, listen in as Chris and Steve gather around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our cultures. In this root issue episode, we're going to be looking at a new series that Steve is starting yeah. called Foundations, and this Sunday, the title was Stay in Awe. Mm. And so we're going to be looking at, like, what is our awe component of God, our awe component of how we are connected to God through our faith. And so Mm. I'm going to ask Steve to kind of just kind of recap and take us back in and kind of lead the way as we jump into this awesome conversation. Yeah, Chris, um, I'm excited for this series. I think we'll be about seven or eight weeks and just uh, diving into the first three chapters of Genesis and kind of bring in... A, a little bit of the first three chapters of Romans, mm-hmm. yep. um, foundations. So just kind of stepping back, especially right now, we're in a culture of uncertainty. There's great confusion out there. Uh, and and really, it, as we look at the church, how's all these things, we'll talk about that in a minute, I think, yeah. the, the things that are really attacking our faith uh, today, uh, how are they coming into the church? And what we know is that w- we've lost the awe, we've lost the reverence, we've lost, you know, the, you go down the list, transcendence, the awe, the presence, the power, the glory, mystery, the wonder. You know, where, where is that when we read the book of Acts chapter 2 and they came mm-hmm. together as this wonder and reverence, uh, you, you know, for the Lord? And, uh, and and we'll see that it's our responsibility to nurture that, right? Um so that, that element of just that childlike wonder, Jesus says, unless you come to me like a child, you mm-hmm. cannot enter the kingdom. So that that important, there's an element of faith that's supernatural that is awe, that we need to really sit back and and, and see ourselves as, as um, uh, re- restoring that Yeah, and to ask the Lord to restore that. The other element is just this idea of human existence, mm-hmm. uh, coming back to the beginning and... Um, the aspect of um, you know just our origin, right, and and meaning and purpose, right. We live in a culture where those things are just obviously from a young standpoint. The younger generations they're really struggling with those issues of meaning and purpose. So uh, those are the kind of the big arching themes we're yeah. going to be diving into the first three chapters. And again, if we get Genesis 1, 2, and 3 wrong, we get everything in the Bible wrong. It is foundational mm-hmm. to our theology, foundation to a biblical worldview. Um, it's all connected there. Yeah. And uh, where Romans 1, 2, and 3 come in is the foundation of the gospel. Right? Yeah. And this new creation, this new thing God is doing and connecting the old and the new together in this wonderful unity. So we we, we started things um, on Sunday with this big question, when was the last time that you were in awe? <laughs> Right, really just digging down in, man, you know, uh, maybe when we've been hiking in the mountains and something, but but a real uh, question of, uh, existential question of, what, when have I felt the this awe, the presence of God, uh, you know, bigger around me? And uh, uh, and obviously we should be asking that. That should be what we're, we're tasting when we gather for worship together, right? Whether yeah. it's a small group or, or, or big group. Um so we just threw that big question out there, and I read this quote just to real uh, to kind of frame our understanding to, to the thought, the secular thought that is going on out there uh, today that is impacting 
um, our faith in many ways. Uh, and this is from a book called Sapiens. It's the New York Times bestseller. This is it's purely from an atheistic viewpoint, but I appreciate this uh, writer's honesty at certain points. And let me just read this. This gives us just a little background. Um, you know, I think about wow, what what are the the culture around us that is moving more and more secular, and that impacts our faith and how the church is to live in all that and. Mm-hmm. Um, and affects our awe, you know, and, and so that secular idea that God is moving further and further distant from us, and he's yeah. been pushed out of, the, of uh, public places, he's been pushed out of so much of our public life and dialogue today that, boy, that secular mindset, that um, idea of awe really um, is impacting, right, the church, and, and really fundamentally how we experience our faith. Mm-hmm. So here's just a little taste of yeah. that, right? Um, he, he, he says this in the end of the book. He says, 70,000 years ago, Homo sapiens was still an insignificant animal minding its own business in a corner of Africa. In the following millennia, it transformed itself into the master of the entire planet and the terror of the ecosystem. Today it stands on the verge of becoming a god, poised to acquire not only eternal youth, but also divine abilities of creation and destruction. We are more powerful than we ever um, thought before, but have very little idea of what to do with that power. Um, Worse still, humans seem to be more irresponsible than ever, self-made gods with only the laws of physics to keep us company. We are accountable to no one, We are consequently wreaking havoc on our fellow animals and on the surrounding ecosystem, seeking little more than our own comfort and amusement, yet never finding satisfaction. Is there anything more dangerous than dissatisfied and irresponsible gods who don't know what they want? Yeah, so this quote um, is very indicative of the the secular nature, right, mindset that Mm -hmm. it's been filtered into all of our educational system now for decades. And this has huge ramifications. The sad thing, all of his big questions he has go, are, are all answered in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, holistically, well, no. everything's there. It's just uh, this blindness today to even go there, even mm-hmm. to contemplate that. And so it's a challenge on us as, as the church today to engage, right, and to pray uh, and engage in a healthy way to, to, uh, to understand a secular mindset, but understand how we need to... Um, uh, communicate right faith in the gospel, uh, which is is going to be a challenge. And, and the first step for us in the church is to evaluate our own faith, right, and yeah. to remove the influence that has crept into the church, and, and remove the awe, and really moved our faith more to an intellectual um, thing than you know than uh, this awe than this supernatural yeah. thing. So uh, here's just a couple things from Genesis. I just encourage everyone, obviously, yeah. to uh, dive into Genesis, read it, meditate on it. We looked at just verses 1 through 25 of chapter 1 on Sunday. Throw out some questions. And the first one was, are we living with a supernatural biblical view rather than a natural materialistic view? Uh, all through uh, the Bible, beginning to end, it's a supernatural um book it's uh, the biblical worldview is supernatural so what's crept in over the years is this idea that there's some kind of natural laws there's some kind of natural view of of life over here versus a supernatural for the bible from the beginning to the end it's all supernatural because it's god breathed Mm -hmm. and everything 
uh, behind it has this mystery, this awe of something that is unexplainable. It's mysterious, right? Yeah. That's the reason we worship. That's the glory yeah. of God, right? Something that you can't just two plus two can't do. Uh, one confounds plus even one science. Plus one right? equals one. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing is just, I, I, I think, boy, we have just how we think, how we read the scripture, our faith, faith itself, right, has to be evaluated. It's not just what I believe. It's not just believing a certain principles in the Bible. It is actually infused with the spirit of God. It is a gift from God. It only comes. I can't, nobody can think their way into the kingdom. It's a supernatural act of the spirit of God to awaken and open our eyes right, to see him for, right, for who he is. Uh, the second question, um, and I, I think, you know, applying this to youth, I think the idea of the supernatural, there's one realm where people go, right, have no problem with going to entertainment, movies, yeah. the mar- everything out there that's so supernatural today, but they put it in a category that is unrealistic, Yeah, right, and, and, and remove it. But, I mean, I, th- I think that is, like, the element that's stealing awe. Because there's nothing we can't see. Right. You know, there's nothing that can't be created that we can't see and experience and touch. And so much of awe is kind of also like, you know, what is your attention span? Can you be in awe of anything if you cannot focus on it? Yeah. Contemplate it or think about it. And so when I think about like the younger generation swiping away, looking at technology and just having their attention spans kind of deteriorated, there's not a sense of awe because one, you, you can see it in a Marvel movie and it's, and it's projected as that is entertainment. Right. It's not something to anticipate or to hope for. You know, when we talk about like just being in awe of God and his power and that we're his creation. I mean, even in the quote you just read, it put us on the same playing field as the animals. Our mm-hmm. fellow animals, we're not mm-hmm. treating them well. Right. Well, I'm not an animal. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a creation of God. The animals are created by God, but yet I was giving order and control mm-hmm. and authority over those animals given his God right. out of you know having God's image and so there's no awe even in his statement like we're just the same as them something that blipped on the planet right. but yet we've evolved and they haven't or maybe he thinks we have not really evolved they have stayed evolved and in cohabitation with the environment where we're just the destructive force. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I mean, like, awe, when I think about awe and you're, you know, just bringing in, like, are we in awe? There's a level of an attention that has to be focused yeah. to think about God, to think about the bigger things. And I think those are the things that are dismissed so quickly. So like, quickly. If, if I can't think, if I can't answer it, if I can't understand it, then I'm out. And, you know, we were created for awe. Yeah. We were created in the image of God. And Absolutely. Though, though we've been corrupted from Adam and Eve on, yeah. right, and kind of blinded, the darkness has come. We're created for awe. We need that transcendence. Mm-hmm. It, it is, we are not satisfied without it. So we're finding, as you said earlier, today we find that. People find that in existential experiences. Yep. For them, it's going to the movies. It's yep. seeing the flash. It's seeing the crazy, you know, stuff on the movie screen, entertainment itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this is why people use drugs. This is yeah. why we alter our mindset. This yeah. is VR world that's coming to totally. us, right? Yeah. Uh, to step into another, create my own reality, right? Mm-hmm. Jump out of this world into a different world. So there's all kinds of false, dark things that are, have always been yeah. there, right? To uh, even pagan uh, beliefs, pagan um rituals right yep. all try to Everything. create a sense of because the enemy right satan obviously himself comes as an angel of light he creates a dark mm-hmm. sense of 
right awe. So, um, yeah, we really have to evaluate our faith on that. And this comes down to expectation of the impossible. You expect yes. God to move, right, just yep. at that basic level, right, rather than have we just kind of theologically and just uh, set that aside. The whole yeah. idea of cessationism, that the gifts no longer, God doesn't do that anymore, yeah. is because of an encroachment on the age of reason and a higher commitment to intellectualism yeah. than to what the Bible actually says we should be pursuing and yeah. expect to happen. Um, the other question here, uh, you know, thrown out is, are we living with the biblical idea that we need revelation uh, about meaning and purpose more than science? Now, uh, what's really important here is over the years, we should never put science against the scriptures, but when, because when that happens, it's a losing battle for all. Um, we, we have a basis for science. The science is a gift from God, and it only exists because God has ordered a universe that it works in, right? Yeah, well, um, he created it. But what's happened is we've fallen, what's crept in is that we are more committed to our trust, our faith, right, is in modern technology more than it is in God who gave us the ability for that technology. So, uh, um, and the Bible, the other thing people don't understand is the Bible is not a science book. God's intention was never to give us scientific formula mm-hmm. or even the details of creation or anything in the Bible. It is given there uh, primarily to sh- give us the functions of how God has ordered this universe and this earth, right, so that we could live for him, serve him, and have relationship with one another and him. That is yeah. the ultimate uh, thing that we should be focused on. That's the ultimate focus of our faith, the yeah. relationship with God. Science is something we do. It's, yeah. it's a function of life, and, uh, and it's exciting, it's wonderful, but we have to be real careful. Over the years, we've been gotten in trouble where we try to force science into the Bible, right, mm-hmm. and get into this situation where we, oppo- where we put the Bible against science. Is, uh, that's going to be a losing battle. Right? Well, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, like there was that period of time where it was us against them, science against the Bible, mm-hmm. science against faith, you know, but then it's like, you know, that argument didn't hold anymore. And so the new argument is, you know, I've got to answer everything with science. Mm-hmm to have it but i mean that's the loss of awe of faith right and you know and so you go to the bible and you're like well like how do i prove faith mm-hmm. you know but that's yeah the I hardest mean, exactly i think the whole evolution thing is like all right, yeah. let's let's dive in i mean even, it's very interesting right now in the scholastic uh, community there's this battle over evolution because scientists even who are not believers are saying look we we've been saying things we've been elevating this this theory because that's what yeah. it is now there's certain aspects of it that are true. They have been proven out you mm-hmm. know, through good science. Others have not. Uh, so I think to, to force upon uh, the, the science this mm-hmm. idea of a young earth or old earth, yeah. we're stepping now into the realm of science. We're stepping beyond right, yeah. what God's word says uh, because there's room in the Bible for um, all kinds of different things, as long as, right, it will never refute science. Science yeah. will itself, archaeology, good enough, will never refute yeah. the, the Word of God. I have to hold that, right, together. And we've, mm-hmm. um, we've put more focus in the church, I think, on that than we have on, on faith and the supernatural, yeah. trusting God, right, in His revelation, meaning we need to hear from God, mm-hmm. right, more than we need formulas, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. and everything else. That falls, that comes along, right, with us. Um, so their thought here was just, let's jump over to Romans one twenty, mm-hmm. and what does Paul say here? It says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made so that we're all without excuse. 
and wow, what a powerful statement that, in other words, what Paul is saying here, which goes back to Genesis 1, is that for all mankind is that there should be this, again, this inside us, this longing, because we are created in his image, to see his eternal power, his divine nature in all that has uh, been created, mm-hmm. so that we're not without excuse to say, "Oh, you know, you know, God's hidden Himself." No, yeah, He hasn't. Um, so there, there is there, n- there's enough of His image left in me yeah. as a person who doesn't even know God that should lead me to the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And Romans one goes on to say that what, uh, the way we move away from God is that we start to suppress the truth, right? Yeah. And I gain my, and I, and, and putting a commitment to my own truth or what I want over the honest seeking of yeah. truth and what the, what the, uh, the world has revealed, right? And that's includes science, what yeah. science has revealed and what, uh, our hearts right, yeah. have, and faith have revealed, um, there. So uh, again, the question here is, are we clearly seeing God's divine nature as eternal power in all mm-hmm. that has been made? Um, are, are our senses? Do we have spiritual sensitivity to what we see? Yeah. Right. Or have we again been taught by our current culture? Right. That it's yeah. about me. It's about what my truth is. My truth. My experience is my experience. Or yeah. is there? Am I willing to right see beyond um, all that? Well, well, let's let's just stop right there. Mm-hmm. Just stop right there. Let me just ask you this question: mm. How do you stay in awe of God? In your personal life and in your personal faith, yeah, it's a great question, and uh, you know, I think that's kind of what we want to to roll in here with people is this question of man, how do we stay? How we get the awe, and how do we stay right in the awe? Um, I think. Um, well, let me just go through this, and I'll answer more personally. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was Kierkegaard laid out this th- just a very simple process for the life how we how we process through life. It starts with the aesthetic life, which means that yep. we all mm-hmm. we we just fill our desires. My hunger, so I'm going to feed myself. I'm, you know, it's the flesh. I'm yeah. going to get what I want to s- what I think satisfies me, and that's where it begins. But uh, boy, you know, after a while, we know that just doesn't satisfy. It puts us in bondage. It mm-hmm. doesn't do. Oh, it locks well. us down. And you can't have a healthy society living that way. So people start to move to the next level, which is the ethical life. Which I start thinking, wow. And this is also just how adulthood should go, right? Yeah. I need, I want an ordered life. I need an identity. I need to a structure for my life. I need to know, wow, what ethically works. Uh, you know, I need mm-hmm. to put my life together. Uh, and that that leads us onto a, a journey that brings some good questions, answers some good questions, and brings a blessing and order to yeah. our life uh, and to society itself. But the problem with that 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 doesn't go too far either, because yeah. then once we hit deeper questions of the heart, questions of suffering, guilt, right, death itself, the bigger questions yeah. in life, that ethical life, just me putting my system of you know uh, my to dos, my structure, my my goals, I'm setting all these kind of things. Well, once you get all organized, then you have time to think about those bigger questions, exactly. which you can't right. answer Except just some from people, the organization. Uh, honestly, some people stay stuck in all these. Right? Yeah. There is the aesthetics out yeah. there, and they're living. We know grown people right in our yeah. own community. They're still just living to satisfy themselves. Yeah. Ultimately. They haven't even thought about ethics. They just, your yeah. truth, your truth. I want to do it. whatever yeah. is right. I'm going to, what I feel is right, I'm going to do. Uh, and, and people are stuck in the ethical too. Um, uh, but boy, what we want is that third movement, right? We want to mm-hmm. keep moving people. And this is our, our role of engaging people, right? And, yeah. and even you could say this is a parenting model, moving yeah. our child now to the deeper things of, hey, well, what do you think? What is about this idea of mm-hmm. hope for the forever? What does hope even yeah. mean? 
right, uh, ultimately. And that moves us into the religious life, right, yeah. where we start to contemplate, okay, what are we going to do with guilt and shame yeah. and, and, and uh, these deeper identity things, right, of am I loved and on and on. And that moves us to explore uh, the spiritual life. But we, we need a fourth move, and yeah. this is what is so needed in the church, and this is the Spirit-led, this is the mm-hmm. born-again experience where we meet God, and His Spirit comes inside us, right? And this is the awe, right, is that existential experience. I'll use that word because it's, it's, it's um, important, is to realize, because Paul says, boy, do you have the Spirit in you, right? He's mm-hmm. always challenging us to, to question the realness of my yeah. experience with God. And so uh, just uh, spinning back, I think, to, to your question of how do I stay in the awe is, um, well, there's, it's multifaceted, I think, but um, personally, but this also, we have corporate questions because we got to well, yeah. do it personally, we got to do it corporately as a church, yeah. right? But uh, I think it starts with, with me in the morning um, waking up and it's an engagement with God yeah. um, first. Time to listen, time to engage God. Uh, personally, and, and to ask him for it, Lord, mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, and look at, and, and part of that could be reading the Psalms, right? Yeah. Just look at the feeling, the crying out for God, hear my mm-hmm. prayers, God. Yeah. Uh, Lord, why is my soul this way, right? Engaging God deeply, not holding anything back, yeah. right? And then asking God to send his spirit to illuminate his word, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that's just this, what does it mean in Galatians to keep in step with the Spirit of God? Is this um, fellowship of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit? And so for me, it, it all is at the center of this is Trinitarian fellowship, understanding the Abba Father, right? Yeah. Putting myself as a son to my Heavenly Father. Secondly, is the grace of Jesus, putting gospel-centered with everything. Am I living under the gospel? Am I living, do I really... Am I experiencing and also giving off the grace of Jesus and then mm-hmm. the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, personally, that's just um, the right time in pursuing the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, um, at calling the Spirit uh, to come and, and lead me, right? Yeah. And then all those things are to be brought into the body, to the corporate experience where we uh, share those things together. Absolutely. So, um, and the, you know, God, there's tons of, we could dive deep on, <laughs> on all those, but maybe just in closing, just this one last thing is how do we battle? What are some of the, where are the main attacks for faith and awe coming from today in our culture? And uh, there's four things that I, when I've looked at it, I see everything falls into one of these four. One is Christian rationalism, which is this, uh, where the Christian faith it just becomes intellectual, right? Mm-hmm. It just yeah. becomes the Bible study. Here's what I, my knowledge about God and yeah. not a pressing in for um, the love of, to, to experience God, right? Yeah. The intimate being part of the faith. Um, and uh, no one, again, no one has, has uh, intellectually come to faith. It's a yeah. supernatural act. Uh, and that that's had a big impact on um, I think silencing this, this because uh, you'll even have people say, oh, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't yeah. matter that you need to feel. Just believe. And uh, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not we're created to be beings 
to love God with all of our being, holistic. The other one is Christian sensationalism. Christian Uh sensationalism, and what I mean by that term is this idea of of we're just going to well up the awe. We're going to create it. We're going to entertain. So we're just going to do what the world does, as we talked about in movies and everything Everything else. else. We're going to bring that into the church, and we're going to do the same music. We're going to just awe you with this great music, with this Mm -hmm. great light show or whatever it is, or movies or or video. Why do do we use video clips in church, right? I'm I'm not against these things. I'm just saying is that that that— Sometimes we get goosebumps like a rock concert and we're yeah. satisfied that, oh, that must have been God, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than really hosting the presence of God, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And also Christian sensationalism is just the welling up of awe. So this is, I call it charismania, where yeah. we are well forcing, trying to force something than waiting for the genuine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then the other one is uh, Christian progressivism, yeah. which obviously is big today, and that's just... Um, really going and bridging to the world. In other words, it's a rejection. It's an embrace of the world's values and imposing those on the Word of God. Um, and, and that we know is is going to, and is obviously radically corrupting a yeah. lot of the church. The fourth one is this idea of Christian nationalism, which is just a big topic right now, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think this is time for the church to wake up and realize what we were talking about earlier is that we're to be seek first the kingdom of God. So mm-hmm. as the church yeah. gathers, our focus must be on the kingdom of God and ushering in the kingdom. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Well, yeah, and totally. modeling that mm-hmm. kingdom and kingdom principles as a community on earth who are citizens of heaven, but yeah. we're an outpost. We're an outpost for the yeah. kingdom of God, and we're to model that. That is to be our focus when we come together. We're not to be some political organization. Now, with that said, is as citizens, is when we leave the doors of the church, when we're out there as citizens of uh, in our nation, America, we need to be the very best citizens. We need to be politically yeah. involved. We need to, to work for the cause of justice and be involved in every aspect of politics. But the church cannot blend with it. When we, when we make the harness the church for political means itself, uh, we lose the mission that Christ has given oh, yeah. us, right? And we we see this just consistently through the New Testament. What Jesus is, keep your eyes on the kingdom, yeah. model the kingdom, seek to be people of the Spirit, right, working and being that outpost for the kingdom on earth. Well, no, absolutely, because, I mean, it's like if you're living in the kingdom and if you're living a life that's seeking to please God, then you should be the best of the best of the best, to quote Men in Black. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, they're looking for the best of the best of the best. I mean, we become that because we have the heart of God towards everybody else that we encounter and every situation that we encounter. Mm. And then the awe aspect is like any situation that we do encounter, we have the greatest counsel to guide us through that situation and that we're never left alone. Mm. We're never left without the answers. You may have to seek it. You may have to focus on your concentration ability, but I mean, you know, the staying in the awe is just like, do you really think about it? Like, Ah, uh, he loves us. I mean, right. you you mentioned it in your message on Sunday. Just he knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows your thoughts. He knows your struggles. He knows what you're worried about. He knows what you're anxious about because he has this concern and this personal relationship with his children. Absolutely. And then that goes yeah. for like the awe factor of like I think our faith pushes us away from that. Like faith is something I need to muster, right? Instead of just saying. Well, he does. He knows me. He well, knows my heart. He knows what I'm desiring. Absolutely. And that's awe. And the, and the whole Sermon on the Mount is yeah. kingdom principles. This yeah. is how to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs yeah. is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Right. To, so to say, my my spirit, I I am desperate. I I have nothing yeah. unless the Holy Spirit comes. Oops. Right. Yeah. Fills me and gives me life and the y'all. Right. Yeah. That only comes. I can't. Yeah. Wait, it, it comes from God. Right. Yeah. And and the final, you know, verse I'd throw is just the John three. I think we need to come back mm-hmm. as the church, really establishing the gospel and what it means to be saved. When Jesus exchanges with Nicodemus, a religious yeah. man, right, yeah. a religious ruler, <laughs> right, um, on these issues, Jesus says, "Unless you're born again, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, yeah, you cannot see the kingdom of God." Yeah. Um, and the question for all of us: Have I been born again? Yeah. And do I know even what that means, right? Yeah. Do, do I know something of not just an intellectual sin? Oh, yeah. I believe that. I've grown up in the church. I believe that. No, <laughs> yeah. have you met the living God and has mm-hmm. the spirit of the living God filled you? And do you know that, yeah. right? Do you know that? Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's what we need to recover, I think. Yeah. Um, because, again, we fall into that Christian rationalism. Oh, oh I, yeah. I, I, say, I believe it. I've been I in church. It. That's I'm all I need. Standing on it. Oh, I said the prayer. I yeah. walk forward, uh, you know. But yeah, uh, you're still... So, Losing sleep, you're still anxious, you're still yeah. worried to death, yeah. and there yeah. is no awe because and, and, nobody's right. watching over you because exactly. you only rationalize that you know it instead of living it. In the yeah, I, I just think, and you know, we both could give yeah. testimony to this that man, when you know God is with you, you experience His hand in your yeah. life, comfort, uh, peace that transcends all, all these things. When you know he's with you, that just covers a whole multitude of things. Yeah. You can rest. We can walk through anything, right? Yeah. God's with me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. all the way back, right? Moses said, look, I'm not going, God, unless you're with, with me. me. Fire Cloud by day or fire by night. Yeah. Right? Cloud, Cloud by, by day. day. Be with me, Lord. And that yeah. needs to be the restored cry in the church today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, and then even just going back to the Old Testament stories, like he took an entire nation into the desert for 40 years to be with them. Because he and, wanted to be with them. And and they survived mm-hmm. because he provided. Right. What can he not provide for us today? That's it. As individuals or as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know. But hey, thanks so much for listening to this Root Issues. We are all out of time. If you ever have any questions or comments, you can send them to us at rootissues at ccasman.com. Thanks so much for listening to this midweek jolt seek some ways to find and stay in awe the rest of this week and we are very anxious to hear your next one on foundations next sunday thanks so much for tuning in